This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. Here with David Witt, he's the CEO of SOM International, and also with Tim Walker. Tim Walker is with Ethnos Canada. Now, uh, Tim's big project he's been working on lately is a Bible translation for the Piaroa tribe. David, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Ethnos Canada and your relationship with Tim and, and Russell Stendhal, and there's a number of organizations here involved. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know, of course, Ethnos through reputation, but Tim's my closest connection. And it has been such a joy to get to know Tim the last few years. Just, uh, you know, one thing, Tim, I want to bring out in this podcast is you exemplify the love and depth of, for Jesus and his word. You've been a translator for, you know, over, over 30 years now poured yourself into this tribe in Venezuela. The Lord, Holy Spirit you know, miraculously connected us. I'd love for you to share that story. And and now, you know, we're, we're working together to impact part of the Bibles for Venezuela because it's one of the a major tribe down there. And so uh, welcome, Tim. And I just want to turn it over to you, brother. Let's hear your story. Well, thank you both, Mark and David. It's an honor to be yeah, you with you here this morning. And David, thank you. So I'm just a regular guy that grew up in northern Canada. My father is a missionary with Wycliffe Bible Translators and is still working at the age of 90 in northern Canada. Wow. When I was a kid, maybe 14 years old, he said, Tim, if God calls you to be a missionary, don't stoop to be a king. And when he told me that, it really stood out to me, but I had no intention of becoming a missionary. I, I didn't want to do what my father did. But the, that was a seed planted in my heart that the Holy Spirit uh, planted there. And it communicated to me the extreme value of the Word of God and the gospel being preached to people who don't have the opportunity to hear it. And so that seed being left in my heart as I became a young man, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I said, well, I'm going to use my life the best way I can. I was a carpenter and very much uh, worked with my hands. Totally not a book person. I barely made it through high school. I just was not interested in reading books. And um, in fact, the only book that I ever read was the one my father read to me. Hmm. So leaving high school, I said, well, I want to use my life the best way I can. So I I became a, a missionary, and my intention was to help missionaries with their building and do supply work and stuff like that. Well, somewhere along right. the somewhere along the journey, God did something to me or in me. I'm not sure if I had it before that, but uh, He gave me this ability for language. And so here is a hockey player, volleyball player tennis player, carpenter, all of a sudden in the middle of the jungle learning a tribal language in Venezuela. And I was a fish out of water. I was, uh, yeah. And so one thing led to another and I learned the language and then I was being asked to teach the Bible to these people. And these were totally not what I thought I was going to be 
That's my story, David. I, I'm just profoundly moved, you know, Tim, by your heart, the humility of it. But also, you know, you talk about you didn't like books. You you weren't kind of a studious student into books. And ultimately, God uses that in your sense of weakness to, to translate the book of books, the ultimate book. And, and I, you know, I think that's a principle, uh, Tim. Have you seen that, how the Lord uses us truly in our weakness to complete his glory. I mean, he calls Peter, you know, a fisherman to be the apostle to the Jews and Paul, a Jew of Jews, the apostle of Gentiles. And I kind of hear that in your story. And, and, and you know, can, you have any comment, more comments on that of, of you, you growing, you know, all of a sudden flowering in this? Absolutely. You know, God is pleased to use the base things. And there's not many noble and great people called. didn't say any, but there's not many. And God called me just a, a base person, somebody without abilities. And he gave me extraordinary abilities. I can see that it's a gift. I don't read books, but I read the Bible effortlessly and I see it clearly. And he gives me the passion to communicate what I see. And I'm just... I'm so fulfilled when I'm doing this. And so I know that it's a, a gift of God. It's not of my own. And I'm extremely blessed to, to see others blessed by the truth of the word of God. And that starts by God speaking to you in your own heart and in your own life. And the most powerful thing in my, the most powerful thing in the universe is the love of God. And the most powerful thing in my life that motivated me far more than the fear of hell ever did was the grace of God. And this is my message. And I just love to share it with anyone who, who has a ear to hear. Mm. So uh, Tim, tell me a little bit about the process. Like, like, what does it take? You, you walk into a village, you've never met these people, you don't know their language. And what is the process of going from never having stepped foot on that soil to developing a new translation of the Bible in a new language. I, I, that's mind boggling to me. How did you get that done? Well, preparation is one and, it's, and it's, uh, adjusting your expectations. We were trained with Ethnos and Ethnos 360 to look at the long-term. Short-term missions is not something that you can do this with. So it's going to take a chunk of your life to learn the language and it's going to take a bigger chunk of your life to pour it out in reaching a people group. So you, you get off of the airplane on a grass landing strip and people are small people are standing around you speaking a weird language and that's where you start. And we were trained with how to learn a monolingual language. And so for 10 hours a day for two years, that was my job was just learning language and culture with the people. Now, what, what is a monolingual, monolingual language? That, that's a new word to me. Mono being one and lingual being language. So people that speak only one language. I see. Oh, like Americans. Like many Americans. But so when I'm on a monolingual situation, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't say, how do you say this in your language using another language? You have to use their language and so by learning keywords like how do you say in their language these are tools that will help you advance in your uh, language study 
Well, hey, I want to dive into this a little bit more when we get back from this break, but I got to take us to a break. So we're online here with Tim Walker. He's with Ethnos Canada. And after this break, we'll talk more about the uh, Piaroa tribe and the Bible translation he was able to work on. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring two million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. I'm also online with Tim Walker. He's with Ethnos Canada. And uh, we were just talking about his work translating the Bible into the Piaroa language. And uh, sorry, I stumble over that word a little bit. That's a new one to me too. <laughs> Piaroa Bible translation for some tribal people there. David, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Tim and, and with Russell and how you guys all got connected together. Well, Tim, yeah, you and I have talked about, you know, the two parts of translation. First, there, there has to be guys like you that, you know, spend literally years. I think it was, was it 25 years, Tim, um, ultimately getting, getting the Bible translated? Well, the translation started 20, it was 27 years, but prior to that was language learning. So it's quite a few years. Yeah. So, I mean, the investment's huge and I just pray that people are inspired by that and the leadership God you know, put upon your heart to do that and transform a, a tribe. So, uh, Tim, I we there's, so there's two parts. There's first the translation, but then there's the distribution part. And once you came to a place that God put upon your heart, that was try, time to distribute it. Um, you, you you needed help. There was there was a gap there, and we didn't know about each other. And the Lord connected us. And I just wanted you to highlight some of those parts how God. Put this together for for a distribution opportunity to get into Venezuela, which was not necessarily easy to do. Yeah, you know, I was just focused on the task at hand, and I was in Mexico meeting together with a group of uh, Pieroa people because through security issues, we were not able to travel into Venezuela. So there we were in Mexico, and this was during the COVID lockdowns, and we were on schedule to complete the New Testament translation the following year. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just sort of impressed upon me. He said, you know, you may not have this opportunity again to be together with the translation team. And so we extended our our, our project uh, several months in Mexico and changed the flights of the Piro people. And we finished the New Testament that year. All of a sudden, then we realized, well, hey, we're we're ready to to check and then to print. And I hadn't even thought because this was at least a year and a half prior to the plan of how we would do this. And through Rick Arianis, who is a coworker of mine in this project, and his connection with you, we're in the middle of translating the final words of First John. 
and Rick is over there on the side of the team on, you know, hacking all down his computer. And he says, I have some news. David Witt, the spirit of martyrdom, is willing to facilitate the collection of the funds. And then, you know, the next day, he would, I have some more news. And so one thing led to another, and we, we met you, David. This was absolutely, without question, a spirit, a spirit of God connection. And, you know, it was like God's doing the work, and we're just all co-laborers with him. Does that sound familiar? And Amen. all of a sudden, we <laughs> realized he's driving this ship. This ship is sailing, and we're all passengers, and let's just join on. You know, one of my mentors mm -hmm. in my life said to me once, just find what the Holy Spirit is doing and join him. And that's sure. how we met <laughs> Spirit of Martyrdom. Well, it was I still remember that email from Rick and, and, and Rick is on staff with SOM International and he just serves missions everywhere. And one of the many things he does is working with you and all his technical abilities. So we appreciate Rick so much. And I just got this email and giving a thumbnail of the need and, you know, can we help? And I just thought, well, of course we can. I mean, we're already in Venezuela. This is people, Venezuelans and tribal people. And it was just such a natural fit, so easy and, you know, Tim, you and I have talked about when we're walking in the flow of the Holy Spirit, what God's doing, it's just there's this ease that comes with it. it just all the pieces come together. That's what I felt with you is like, this is already in God's heart. How could I say no? And the Lord's continued to build that. Then the Lord connected you with Russell. We want to hear that part. You know, Mark, do we have time to, to or do we need to go to part two here? Well, I think we have a couple of minutes here before we need to get to the uh, the end of the show. So if we can, you know, in two or three minutes, we can tell the story. We'd love to we'd love to put a part of the show. I think we could tell it in at least two or three years, but we'll put the the, uh, the summary. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, so one of the things in the back of my mind was eventually. See, I never wanted to translate the Bible. I wanted to teach it. God gave me a message and. He impassioned my heart and I wanted to share it. But every time we went to share the truth of the scriptures, you needed to have the written scripture to teach it from. And so this is what led me to 27 years of Bible translation. Mm -hmm. But in the back of my mind, I've always had this thing. Well, radio would be just wonderful. And I heard through Rick that Russell Stendhal had radio airwaves in the vicinity of Venezuela. So I reached out to Rick. And the next thing I knew, I'm getting a video call from Russell Stendhal. And I'm sitting there in Mexico in our translation house. And he said, Tim, this is Russ Stendhal. And so we met. And again, it was another thing. The Holy Spirit was just moving and everything just flowed. And Russell Stendhal has been such a gift from God to me personally and to this Piro work at this stage that uh, I I just can't even explain in, in a few words how how powerful of, of, of a helper and an assistant he has been to facilitate distributing Bibles and getting them into Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And also, and then giving me 30 minutes a day of airtime on his radio broadcast, which goes through the entire Piro nation. And since then we have acquired 3000 shortwave radios and got them into the hands of the people. We'd like to get more, but this is what's happening. And, this is a whole another exciting part of the story is how now my teaching ministry has moved into radio programs. 
Well, Tim, we have, we have so much more to talk about. So we're going to go to part two. So we invite people okay. to make sure they're subscribing so they're notified when uh, you know more podcasts come out. And, and Tim, what we want to go into more is how the Word of God is impacting. And we talked about the three prongs that God has given to us in His Word. It's the printed Word of God, and we're doing that with the, the printed P.R.O. Bible and the Spanish Bibles and other tribal languages. We, we're doing the radio, the audio Bible. And then there's the incarnational Bible of how you're equipping with training and teaching and in relationship with the many P.R.O.s that are, that are really become evangelists and disciplers. And so let's hear some stories on this next podcast. So Mark, go ahead and take us out. Okay, you got it. Well, hey, uh, David, I want to mention that in this month's newsletter, there is a story uh, that was written by Russell Stendhal's son, and he talks about the process of getting in their land cruiser and driving these Bibles out to one of these remote tribes. We have stories like that on a regular basis in the SOM newsletter. You want to get your hands on that. That's your first step to being able to pray for and support those who are risking much for the gospel. You can get that at atriskradio.com or at David's website, spiritofmartyrdom.com. We also are running a special campaign right now that if you buy yourself a Jubilee Bible, we will send two Jubilee Bibles to a, a Christian in Venezuela who does not have a Bible. So that whole thing, I think David is about 40 bucks. It costs us, man, what a deal, 40 bucks. You get a Jubilee Bible, you send two Jubilee Bibles. It's unbelievable. That's at the new SOM bookstore, which is SOMbookstore.com. Hey, until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.